0: Once upon a time, our go button was plant shitloads of trees, key line ploughing, build dams, you know, and people think you're a bloody hero for it. I mean, we still, I mean, I still get painted in some sort of fashion for that. And it's like, actually, that's not the way to go.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast. This is episode number 5 and I'm your host Dan Palmer. Today I'll be chatting with Darren J. Doherty, an internationally renowned agricultural property designer, implementer, trainer and author. Though these days he calls himself a regrarian rather than a permaculturalist, Darren is widely known and respected in permaculture circles for his huge portfolio of practical design experience and his ability to accessibly communicate his ideas. His beautiful, deep, gravelly voice can't hurt things either. More on that later. Now, I met Darren when I first got into permaculture 12 years ago, and I've really enjoyed the evolution of our relationship from Darren as a teacher and then a mentor to the colleague and friend he is today. Darren and his lovely family live just up the road from me here in central Victoria, so I'm I'm always making excuses to drop in, often turns out to be around lunchtime, um, for a catch-up. This time we hit the record button during a conversation about design process and the state of play in permaculture and the agrarian's approach. Enjoy, and I'll check in with you again at the end. Okay, so here I am with my friend, colleague, Darren J. Doherty. Thanks for joining me today, Darren.
0: Thank you, Dan. Palmer, (laughs) my friend, colleague, and...
1: uh... Junior colleague.
0: Junior colleague. Well, you're not that junior, although I have just turned 50.
1: There you go. Yep. that, That deserves some seniority i want to get into the topic of design process with you today and when it comes to practical on the ground design experience you have yourself a few runs on the board been in the game actively designing and developing particularly in a rural context for i don't know decades three decades
0: Quite Not long. quite that long. Okay. Um, I start. We started out in March of nineteen ninety three. So okay, yeah, whatever yeah. that is. So twenty, I think twenty five years next year.
1: Yep. Well, a great way to start would be if you're happy to share for a few minutes your journey with design process and development process, and then getting to where you are today with the, what you're calling the Regrarians platform. It'd be fun to look at that from a few mm-hmm. different uh, perspectives.
0: I did my first farm plan design when I was about seven or eight I'm not quite sure when and I can still remember it and it really annoys me that I've never been able to find it (laughs) because I don't think people will believe me but anyway um, and it was of our family farm which is a small farm just outside of Bendigo here which is not in the family anymore but in terms of process though I think that was just the mind ramblings of a young child it wasn't until really when I come across key line in uh, probably about key line again because our farm was designed on those principles without it being called that my, i didn't not know that until my grandfather told me later but uh looking at key line principles and then permaculture design so all around the sort of 92 93 period and starting to do design and whole farm plans so when i started out between Ninety-three and ninety-five, I did my first keyline training uh, with Alan Lehman and uh, the late uh, Rees Gravestein and I did a permaculture design course with Hugh Gravestein and uh, Andrew Sheridan, and then I did a uh, whole farm planning certificate with the University of Melbourne over at Longrenong in the Wimmera, and so I did those three things, which all influenced design process, if you like, and they're all very different, mm-hmm. so. You know key line design process is quite different well, as was explained to me then was quite different to permaculture and and then to the whole farm planning methodology so out of that it wasn't really until 1995 that well i think by that's by 1995 when i applied for my permaculture diploma i'd done s- 50 or 60 designs. Mm-hmm. And I look back on those and they were really a composite of mm-hmm. those three yep. influences, if you like. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of process, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think about how the process was. I'd have to say that, uh, you know, it was really talk to the client about what they want to do, look at the landscape and its capability which was something that was influenced by whole farm planning in particular. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at, just as an aside, if you look at permaculture and Keyline, they don't really concern themselves with capability that much. It's there's sort of almost, it's almost implied, and I know it's not implied in Keyline. Keyline, Yeomans was very clear that you can make a landscape do a lot of things that currently it's not capable of doing. And I mm-hmm. think that in permaculture, that's sort of, You know, you can be in the worst environment in the world and you can still make it a sustainable human settlement if you do the right things, right? Whereas in whole farm planning, because of the influences that it has as a methodology, you work with the landscape in its current condition and you try and respect that by appropriating the right land use. So I would look at clients, landscape, then maps, get the maps together together, all of that. And back then, I mean, it took a good two to three weeks just to get your maps together mm-hmm. because, you know, you had to order an aerial photo and it had to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to go and get a topo map. So it gave you a lot more time, whereas now it's all,
1: yeah, yeah go on topo Google
0: Earth, map. get this download, get that download, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So it's all a lot more instantaneous. Mm-hmm. So... I then would be guided by what the requirements were because back then I was typically doing environmental management plans and so I was also guided by what municipalities were requiring Mm -hmm. as far as a planning permit application was concerned so there were those sorts of things which influenced the reporting process as well and what you actually put into a design and where Mm -hmm. so there was all of that so Mm -hmm. That process went along for a while until I think in about 96, 97, I developed what we call our works pattern. And that was where I was trying to get in my own mind or what's the A to Z or for your US listeners, A to Z and try and work out, well, what's, what are the steps along the road, but also explain that to clients mm-hmm. so that they they knew the road that they, that I was potentially going to go on yep. with them. Yep. And that was when we really started to get a bit more process logic to it. And that was also around the time when we stepped up from doing 30, 40, 50 designs a year to um, 100 odd a year. Mm -hmm. And so in order to be able to service or do that much, that volume of work, we needed to really uh, nail it as far as the process. And that was the time too for the first... Two years, I think we didn't have a personal computer. I used to borrow, I used to go to my Auntie Julie's, and people just didn't have the. I mean, it was a it all happened quite quickly, but when you look at it back now, I mean, she had a printer, no one had a bloody printer in their house, um, no one had a computer in their house. I remember Will Delgleesh, who's now here in Bendigo, works for TAFE. He bought a computer and he had to go off and he lent me his computer for a year, and you know, there's all those things that that happened that allowed us to even have access to software which supported the development of process mm-hmm. so it was sort of a flux of time because you know we were going from that analog time to that digital time around that era it was good to be part of at the end of one era and the start of another and i think that certainly helped with sitting down still with a piece of paper which i still do now and speculating out things or even with a whiteboard, just Mm -hmm. doing stuff like that and playing that game before you then go and G Wizard on the in the digital yeah. So so we did that and then with working with more people, with more colleagues and work partners Mm. and project partners, that further strengthened the need to really bring the the elements of project management into Uh into the design process and then you know just managing all of these different projects and so that by that time probably about 97 98 um, I'd met Bill Mollison I did my second PDC in 95 Uh and uh, we got along quite well and he saw my work because he gave me my permaculture diploma and I um chatted with him and we went up and did an earthworks course with him in 96 and there was only about five people and we spent we stayed up all night Mm -hmm. I think we (laughs) you know we did we went we were from nine to five out in the field doing the earthworks course which was basically building a few dams Mm -hmm. and a few swales on his property the rest of the time we just drank cups of tea and smoked cigarettes until five o'clock in the morning so and Bill was without a wife at that stage so we sort of had unlimited access to to the great man and it was, it was a really treasured time so he got a lot of access to what i was doing mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm. of my body of work and so by about 98 i think he off he said can you write a book for me on permaculture process mm-hmm. and that was really as i've acknowledged um that was the first time i really thought about writing a book mm-hmm. which i still haven't finished but <laughs> um but it sort of put in. It, it gave me the endorsement, if you like, that w- the track that we'd been going on, mm-hmm. as far as design processes had been, uh, mm-hmm. was 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 reasonable mm-hmm. and yeah. sound. So, because you do need a bit of that. I mean, I I didn't get formally trained, if more or less. So everything that I did was short courses. Mm-hmm. So um, and on the job. So to get a bit of acknowledgement. Or acknowledgement is probably not the right word, but to to get that bit of support and push along and saying, yeah, you're actually on the right path, maybe pursue that a bit more is is quite encouraging. Mm. And then to get the customer feedback to client mm. feedback and mm. project feedback.
1: Yeah, well, a few things that came up that were probably unique about your experience, let alone surfing the transition from analog to digital, was, was that you had a diversity of, of inputs or, you know, with the different, with the key line, the permaculture and the whole farm planning mm. early on. But then from the very beginning, you're working with, operational farms real real farms so to speak which has a a groundedness to it in a this shit needs to work kind of attitude around it as opposed to you know we just want permaculture well part of
0: that was my own context that i brought to it i I really didn't want to work on uh, flim flammy what i would call in self-indulgent projects i actually wanted to work on real projects Mm -hmm. I didn't get that entirely, and you know when you're starting out, you've got to take the jobs that come to you. So, um, we're well, not going to give you a percentage, but we did have some uh, some projects which were reflective of that, mm-hmm. and then we had a lot of I won't say flimflammy projects, but more lifestyle farm projects, which by the same token are quite important because mm-hmm. there's a lot of innovations that you yeah. can develop yeah. on those. Where agricultural income is not the primary purpose of the development.
1: Totally, yeah, yeah, it's an important work. One difference being that when you're consulting and working for a, someone who wants to make their income out of the property, out of farming, it just adds that layer of, of rigor like this shit really needs to. And needs simplicity. To work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. 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 And and then the, flip, the other part of it that you mentioned was that from early on, you were involved in the implementation and the project management contracting yourself behind the wheel of tractors and so on as well as working with others which of course is a hell of a useful thing when you're yeah
0: well it was sort of out of necessity out of economic necessity as much as anything else plus I was only 20 uh, how old was I 1993 so I was only 25 26 I was young and or younger, Mm. and I wanted to get out there and about, you know. I wanted to get out there, and I wanted to see the projects work because it was sort of my apprenticeship Mm -hmm. that I gave to myself was my projects. Plus, as I mentioned, the the economic necessity was that if I was just doing design work, well, then that just wasn't going to pay the bills. So you really needed to do the implementation work, and that's probably no different to what VEG's Mm. had to go through Mm. as well.
1: Totally, yeah. I sometimes start courses on advanced design where some of the participants have an interest in making a full-time professional income from purely just design Mm -hmm. and usually start those courses by bursting that bubble and saying... I mean, it's not that it's impossible, but the amount of design you're going to have to be doing is going to make it untenable. So start thinking about...
0: Or the amount that you have to charge. Exactly, Which I've seen and there's been conversations about. um, Mm -hmm. People starting off, you know, doing a PDC and, you know, getting that and then Mm -hmm. opening up the shop and charging the same as me. And if they can get it, we'll great mm. but you know mm. I don't know how sustainable that is mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah and then just that whole issue of the designer being separated from the actual implementer mm. and being involved in ongoing management you were just caught up in all aspects of the journey from the beginning which is well which is great and, to hear about. and I
0: think when I saw David's David Holmgren's principles come out, that so twenty two thousand and one, I think it was. Accept feedback and apply self regulation. I mean that uh, that resonated uh, of all of the principles that he put forward. That one resonated perhaps the most with me because oh. to this point, that oh. when you do a design well, the design means nothing until you get the feedback on what you're doing. And so we were continually getting that from the get-go. And whether that was just the type of ground prep that we were doing or the species selection or mm-hmm. whatever the heck it was, you were getting that back. Mm-hmm. And so that yep. only meant that the next time you did something similar in a similar situation, it was uh, you made better decisions.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, yep. So from there, you talked about getting to the point where you develop what you call your works pattern. And then over sometime that's evolved into what today you're calling the regrarians platform
0: yeah yeah to an extent when we developed the latest Rex online the 10-week online program that we now run Mm -hmm. a farm planning program i used the works pattern as the template for that okay and it's funny the way this has all evolved because i actually when we developed the regrarians platform i actually started to use that as my design process right but I found that actually it wasn't the design process. It was just part of the decision-making mm. within mm. A, pa- a broader pattern of work.
1: Yeah. That is interesting to hear. Cause yeah, I, that was my understanding that, it, that there's been times where you've thought of the, the Reguerians platform, which is uh, based on a modified version of Yeoman scale of permits. Correct. That is the, you, you know, start with the inside and outside climate. And so I move down through the scale Yeah. that that was the process, but yeah, you're finding that it, it feels better for that to sit within the more broad It's
0: nested within a within the works pattern. You know, you still gotta you still gotta take that call. Hmm. You know, it, hmm. you know what I mean? You hmm. gotta hmm. you gotta take that call or receive that email, you gotta respond to that. You know, there's a whole triage hmm. of events that occur once you get that first client contact.
1: Hmm. So yeah, I'm conscious listeners are hearing in this idea that you've got this thing called the works pattern and hmm. then within that is nested the Regurians platform. It'd be nice if you could kind of define them so people yeah, sure. Just talk through
0: the so, so as I'm calling it now, because I have to call everything with a brand, of course, um, uh, the Regrarians work pattern is, is um, I think it's about 10 steps from memory. So it starts with uh, client contact, mm-hmm. then it goes through to, um, you know, having an online meeting and and then a visit on the, of the site, you know, mm-hmm. development of context, mm-hmm. holistic context, which mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm-hmm and then look at uh, doing a site analysis and farm walk and talk you know this goes there that goes there Mm -hmm. develop some sort of a concept plan from all of that Mm -hmm. background Mm -hmm. work that you do Mm -hmm. and then have the uh backwards and forwards with the client and looking at what are all of the um the planning issues that go with it municipal Mm -hmm. planning issues or regulatory issues that go with what you've conceived Mm -hmm. and then come back from that and then start to put it into detail mm-hmm. about what you're going to actually do it's sort of like peeling an onion you start oh. with a full onion and then you keep peeling oh. the onion and what you end up with is maybe not an onion at all yeah 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 <laughs> It's a, it's a clove of garlic. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, and, and
1: later we'll talk about the stage at which the onion goes into the fry pan.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and gets mixed with mushrooms and pepper. Yeah, that's right. And butter. Yeah, so we go through that. And then once you've done that, then you've got to look at all your scheduling of all the works. Well, getting approvals, scheduling, money management, project management. Mm-hmm. The implementation and then the management mm-hmm. and we've always had at the end of the works pattern an arrow mm-hmm. because it doesn't stop mm-hmm. right yeah. and and so people yeah so that's that's the works pattern mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the uh like i said the rex 10-week program is based on that mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, primarily.
1: And where does the Regrarians platform sit with
0: them? The Regrarians platform sits with that in some of the questioning. Okay. So when we do the first client interview, for example, we go through our checklist. So we've got the Regrarians platform checklist mm-hmm. and it's got about two or 300 questions or points to consider, you might yep. say, mm-hmm. according to the platform. Mm-hmm. So it's ordered with that. Yep. And so part of that will be developing your holistic context mm-hmm what is your biospheric climate you know all of that so it's it's really again as we've always done if you like from a design perspective combining those those three originally the three modalities that we combined were key line permaculture design and whole farm planning and then after about 2007 we brought holistic management in you know holistic management i don't think really has a lot to offer on the farm design front Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of it's pretty straightforward Mm -hmm. stuff Alan Savory was influenced by yeomans and has read read the permaculture stuff Mm -hmm. and he's and he understands soil conservation based whole farm planning so Mm -hmm. when you see their modules on you know Savory Institute Holistic Management International's modules on land planning they're pretty basic, so I didn't really see that that had a lot to offer mm-hmm. where I was at. But in terms of the rest of it, mm-hmm. uh, all of the holistic uh, decision making and holistic context development, etc., mm-hmm. and financial planning, mm-hmm. so and grazing planning, those planning elements were the things that we brought in, and so we we tried to bring that into the well, some of that, not all of it, but especially the holistic context development mm-hmm. that's in the checklist mm-hmm. so we try and get that underway mm-hmm. and then go through all of the rest of the geography we've sort of partitioned the Re- regrarians platform into different factors now mm-hmm. we look at climate and geography number one and number two in the list yep they're what we call constitutional layers now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they are constitutional they're foundational yes. right? yep, yep. especially climate so holistic context is part of your own mm-hmm. the development of your own constitution as yep. i put it yeah or your enterprise's constitution yep. Yep. in a in a new way a new kind of constitution mm. and the geography is the terrain that you are dealing with and the proximity that you have and the demography, psychography of the communities that are around you mm-hmm. and the markets that mm-hmm. you interact with. And then you come into what we call the development layers, mm-hmm. of which are water, access roads, etc., mm-hmm. um, forestry trees, animals, animal systems, buildings, fencing, mm-hmm. and soils. Mm-hmm. Right? Although soils is also a management layer. Mm-hmm. So that goes into e- soils and economy are both management layers. Mm-hmm. And energy is also a development layer. Okay. Yeah. So it's packaged within them. So we've sort of, you know, in in our rationalisation with the conversations that we've been Mm -hmm. having with our Mm -hmm. network, we've sort of brought a lot, you know, further partitioned Mm -hmm. it down. But that's what we're dealing with in that, and that inculcates people through that full questioning Mm -hmm. into our own platform and uh, pathos, if you like so that we can then take them through Mm -hmm. the rest of the steps. They're on board by then. And the questions that need to be asked have probably been asked. Yep, yep, yep. So we're quite, it's important to be thorough.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, really good to hear. I I thought that I was down with your approach, but from the work we've done together, but in the last couple of years, things have changed. So I'm getting a bit of an (laughs) an update. Well, I mean, it's
0: it's, yeah, well, indeed. Well, the thing is when you, like last year was a really powerful year for us. Right. You go and, do 13 10 day programs you know we did two Mm. a month Mm. in you know every climate of the world basically Mm. uh, apart from yeah well we did tropics yeah yeah so you go to every climate more or less and with on really diverse enterprises with really diverse, you know, 350 people. It's a, it's a pretty good interview mm-hmm. and feedback. We went to the plate saying, we want to hear from you. And so it was mm-hmm. a really deeply engaged process. Mm-hmm. And then we had our night times together mm-hmm. and drinks and yep, yep. people were talking about it. So we got, you know, it was incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. And also, as you know, as a trainer, that when you're up and training, it's a great space to be on your feet, mm-hmm. innovating. Because sometimes yeah. just to keep your own boredom at bay, mm, okay. you sort of come up with new messages yeah, or stuff yeah. Stuff just channels to you and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. So it was that sort of really dynamic place. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we will be endlessly grateful for mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And that helped us to then come back here mm-hmm. and really consolidate, okay, and go, all right, we've just had, because we had uh, 2007 to 2016 mm-hmm. being 80% out of Australia. right doing mm-hmm. well 70 80 percent out of Australia doing all of this stuff yep, yep. and getting us up to that point and that gave us a really good indication of uh, overall of, of where we're at it sort of it was culminative if you like
1: mm-hmm. yeah maybe we'll come back to that because that, that's an interesting transition too from starting out working pro- primarily as a designer developer project manager and now you're transitioning more into a space where you're, you're Empowering others to yeah, um, facilitating yeah, basically yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted to just make sure I've got this right. So the works pattern, um, which is a is the is the way an engagement with with clients in the land development context plays out of time. And what you're saying is that in in most if not in most of the steps, you're using the Regrains platform, the the sequence of of ten to, to kind of organise the which is originally informed by Yeoman's idea of work mm-hmm. from the stuff that's hard to change towards what's easiest to change from the more to the least permanent. Yep. And it's and really interesting to pick up on that three-way distinction between the constitutional layer, climate, geology, the development layers, and then the management layers, which I can see as being really useful. I used to like the way you talk about the climate um, defining the rules of the game and yeah. the, the geology, the board on which the game is played, and then, and then the game begins with your water through. Yeah, you know, Lisa. Lisa
0: else. was never happy with me that with saying yeah. that because she said it's not, it's a, not game. a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a boy, so it's a game. <laughs> yeah, or
1: well, some people call ga- life a game, don't they? Okay, this this is good. This is good. So we're we're kind of honing in on on where you're at in terms of your your overall process approach. Yeah, Wait, you know, I
0: still don't think I'm in any any of this is bedded in. Yeah, yeah. And keep it holding, um, I think yeah. it's I think yeah. there's always that danger that people get complacent and, mm. and say, all right, well that's I'm a, I'm mm. I'm there. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. You know, that's that yeah. well, I I don't expect that'll ever happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yep. And you you've had a few significant influences, including Mollison, late nights with Bill Mollison smoking cigarettes and. Who knows what else? And, and no, the- just cigarettes.
0: Oh, no, Hang on, no, Bill was only smoking cigarettes. I don't think I was just smoking cigarettes, but <laughs> <laughs> it was the nineties. <laughs> my my lungs were younger.
1: And then and then later on, some of Alan Savory's work, and particularly the stuff on yeah. on, on the holistic context, which as you know, I've, I've also bored and adapted and found found really useful. One one thing I wanted to just to check in on was how do you how do you consider the relationship of 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 regrarians the regrarians platform the regrarians approach what's its relationship with permaculture because part of where I'm coming from is yeah. one general pattern I've seen is that people are, are coming up as designers as practitioners within permaculture and then sometimes what happens I don't know if it would be right to say it's like permaculture is going to seed or something but it seems like there's these kind of developments that grow out of or an association with permaculture that take on their own identity and have their own focus. Yeah,
0: I don't think that's I don't think that's a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. It's funny. I'll, one point I'd make is that I observed that when I read the designer's manual. 92 or 93, whenever I might have been earlier, I can't remember now. Mm -hmm. But anyway, and I, like a lot of people, I went straight to the color photos in the middle,
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: I saw a number of people that were mentioned in there, like Mm -hmm. they were named. Yep. And then I followed those up, people up later, and none of them were involved. People like Jason Alexandra was one who stands out to me right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jason was a, and I've never met Jason, Mm -hmm. but I know David Holmgren's an old mate of his Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But there were Mm -hmm. figures like him and. Terry White, Mm, you know, know, all of those original, you know, the original folks who were not just around Bill, but also around David, Mm. who actually left, Mm. if you like. Now, they left without leaving. Yes. Yeah. If you like. Mm. and. I think that's you know your observation. It's kind of like a narrative I've came up with last year was that if the world was all eighteen, mm-hmm. then we'd probably be communist. But then uh, once you once you get a bit older and responsibilities start to come to you well then you might shift a bit more to the center, mm-hmm. um, center right or center left, depending on where, where you what frames you and what your experiences have been along the way. and I, I think in some ways, permaculture or the evolution of people who've been influenced by permaculture some way along the way mm-hmm. to start with what actually drew you to it to go and spend two weeks of your life doing a pdc yep. right? yeah right which is a reasonable commitment in, in time and money for a lot of people mm-hmm. most people would see that as a as a change process mm-hmm. in, in practice mm-hmm. and what level of change did that give you? Mm. Now, that will depend largely on your personality type and where you, what state you were in when you got to that point. Yeah, yep. And then what happens after that? Well, if you're that 18, 19, 23, 25-year-old kid who's all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, then like the 18-year-old communist or anarchist, you're probably going to get pretty excited and go pretty crazy with uh-huh. it. But then... When the rubber hits the road mm-hmm. and you peel off those layers, you sort of go, well, you know, some of this stuff is, it's pretty out there. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's pretty um, innovative. And it's so, and it's so much so that I need to peel it back a bit, as we did. Mm-hmm. We're a bit different because of our other inf- aforementioned influences, mm-hmm. but yep. that maybe you actually step out of it because mm-hmm. you don't want to be tarred because... Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with being an innovator and eccentric, but there's a point in time when there's a, perhaps I might say a business reality Mm -hmm. that continuing to be either involved in that spectra or, well, I'll say involved as, you know, this it's in my business name or Mm -hmm. it defines what I do or I'm involved in that movement Mm -hmm. that perhaps that wears off. And its value to you is no longer there. And maybe it's good to just open the door and have a few buddies in there. But mm-hmm. perhaps the time, like the innovation that's come. And I think that, I don't know, it's interesting watching permaculture to see what are the next. I know there's a sort of the next step sort of conversation going on. And the work, the great work that you're doing about making permaculture stronger and a few other sort of intellectual efforts mm. on on its on putting more energy and innovation on it's it's a tough game to sort mm. of mm. keep going on mm. and i don't know whether the seed head whether it's got to that point i'd hate mm. to say that it has i hate to say that you know your reflection seems to me that it's an annual as opposed to a perennial mm. and if it's an if it's a uh a lettuce that sprouted its head and subsumed its resources in the process. I'd, I'd, I'd hate to say that being the case. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd prefer it to say, all right, well, we've got a perennial grass mm-hmm. or a perennial plant that needs a bit of a cut in order for the next level of more mature and reflected mm-hmm. innovation to come yes. up thereafter. And I think that, you know, the work that you're doing leads that mm-hmm. in that, uh, you're you're a new generation, third or third or fourth generation mm. permaculturalist, and you're heavily reflective and saying, "All right, well, how can we do this better?" Mm-hmm. By actually bringing in some influences from the outside, mm. which is not that different to what happened when permaculture started, anyway.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I think this is all great to hear. It's actually interesting that you talk about. Uh, the idea of, of if, if you see it as a perennial and I guess that's, that's part of my question is because definitely as you say it's been an incubation space for a lot of people and as you were talking I thought of people like Dave Jackie who's been closely associated permaco- with permaculture but is, sometimes makes a point of calling what he does ecological design yes. process now yes. Tim Winton the, the Australian permaculturist who was heavily invested in permaculture and, and moved into, forester yeah. Yeah, yeah and then moved into uh, the integral approach and pattern dynamics he's called his, mm. his new thing yeah, so, so, so I'm trying to figure out for myself, I think, to what extent is that because there are some some gaps or blind spots or issues with the mothership or the mother plant, you know, with permaculture? And to what extent does this work of, of these offshoots that are uh, younger and more nimble and maybe more adaptive in some ways, to what extent do they feed back into and, and, and can that this thing, you know, continue to be a healthy... Um, grass and and to what extent if, if that improvement happens within permaculture in terms of the foundational understandings of design and all that will that decrease the exit rate if you like in future you know what i mean mm-hmm. or, no, no, or, I is, it, or is it or is it or is it a healthy thing that hey this is what it is and people are going well, to? well it's, an, it's an
0: interesting point i would think um I'm, when i when i gave a speech at cuba at the international convergence there um i sort of made the point about you know Whoever really does leave permaculture, if you look at, I'll put, put myself in this space for a moment, mm-hmm. that, uh, the biggest departure for me from permaculture was mm-hmm. with some of the people who I think perhaps should have left the, mo- the movement by name and brand because they departed from some of the ethics mm-hmm. that were there and that's, that's completely up to them. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to be, you know, I, we didn't want to be associated with that anymore. Mm-hmm. As far as the innovations, we didn't really see a, a whole lot of new innovations coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, David's, David's re emergence within the movement mm-hmm. certainly was was a blip in that radar um, in the early noughties. Mm-hmm. But otherwise I mean and that that was more of a reinf- that was more of an innovation that was more of a reinforcement innovation as mm-hmm. opposed to a genesis mm-hmm. like Permaculture One was or his mm-hmm. thesis, his environmental design thesis. So from for me intellectually in my own development and also from our business perspective, mm-hmm. I just didn't see that there was a lot to offer mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so Really, when I look at the, again, if I look at your work now in making permaculture stronger, well, that that is good work and that's stuff that I'm interested in Mm -hmm. because it feeds into the narratives that I am interested in and trying to continue to tweak Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, largely design process, which Mm -hmm. seems like that's been a primary focus of yours is Which is the other thing too, I look at permaculture broadly as being, I've got a narrative in our work, you know, you're doing big D development or big M management. And it's sort of like with permaculture, it's become big P permaculture Mm -hmm. techniques or big T techniques Mm -hmm. and small, small D or even absent D design. Mm -hmm. It's just not there at all. And, you know, like we, when we were selling out permaculture courses back when I taught them, I'd say, you know, we're... We're trying to actually put the design back into permaculture, mm-hmm. not take it out. Yes, yep. Because that was how it was taught to me. It was about, it was all about design. It wasn't, a, you know, the technique part mm-hmm. was just a periphery, but it's, I think in the uh, Instagrammed world that we live in now, mm. there's nothing sexy about a design, you know. or mm-hmm. well, if, if the design is that, if people think that design is a, a map, With concepts on it, Mm -hmm. that's what we call a plan. Mm -hmm. The design is actually what gets you up to that point. Yes, yes. And that's a really big distinction that Mm -hmm. people don't make. It's Mm -hmm. all that thinking, grunt work, Mm -hmm. Gantt charts, flow charts, all of those methods of designs and concepts of themes Mm -hmm. of design. That's not really Instagrammable. Whereas some nice flowing lines in a landscape or a tree that's just been planted and a happy Mm -hmm. face and child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. beautiful that's a grab isn't
1: it yeah yeah totally yeah that's right the distinction between the the plan that results from this process where of course the quality of the plan is 100 percent determined by the quality of the process but often mm. we are so excited yeah. by the fact it's got permaculture on it or it's got a whatever it's it's pretty yeah looking. yeah we, we don't we we don't even really have the discussion well about how do we differentiate better from worse designs mm. and hence Start to ask questions about better from worse. It's a lot of noise. Processes. It's a
0: lot of noise.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Fascinating. I was just thinking with David Holmgren's yeah reemergence in the space of permaculture's foundations, and that's something that I'm enjoying working with him on is really going into design process and.
0: Well, I think I think bringing a feminine energy to it as well because, bar a few people, and what I mean what I mean by that is I think a calmer, more considered, less ego-driven it's sort of like David Holmgren in small print permaculture in really big print mm-hmm. you know permaculture design or you know mm-hmm. is in big print mm-hmm. whereas you know he's if he, if he didn't put his name on there you probably wouldn't know whereas some of the other characters are out there are much more self-centered and mm-hmm. self-driven mm-hmm. and their brand is is almost being trying to be put out there as importantly as the concepts that they're yeah. espousing and um, which is a very masculine Way of going yeah, about it's, it. Yeah, it's
1: it's all a big kind of a mess, really, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> fascinating to see where it's all gonna gonna end up. And I mean, part. Of, I have, well, it I won't should, end up. <laughs> that's, that's right. You know. I, bet, I was going to say part of. I, I realise as we're talking, part of the reason I've been asking these questions is I guess I'm I'm in that space as well. You know, what does my future hold? Am I? Because I love the idea. I love permaculture's foundation, as I love I love so much of it. And yet, you know, I'm present to some of the issues we're discussing. And at the same time, I see and respect people like David Hongren and others putting the hard yards in to keep it a strong, thriving, healthy perennial grass. I was I was thinking about the idea of a perennial running grass or a perennial spreading grass, because Rob Hopkins put me onto this distinction between, you know, permaculture is a fast-growing global movement and um, it's spreading fast horizontally yes. around the world. Yes. But unless that's balanced with depth at the core, which in this little metaphor would mean, you know, the the, the root systems are getting stronger and deeper in mining. Or that um, there's
0: trees, which would represent elders.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and and, um, and I'm feeling it's out of balance at the moment in terms of you know, the marketing's there, the pretty pictures are there, the lots and lots of different courses and, mm, and books mm. you can read are, are there, but the, the substantial work on improving the foundations, which as you say, is, isn't that sexy, isn't that marketable. And, and it's hard work. It's hard, it's, ha- yeah. it's hard work. It takes time and energy. It takes That's a lot right. of time yeah. and energy. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, you know... Well, here for us Australians, typically, you know, we don't winterize. We have no literary uh, tradition in agriculture. Like there's no Aldo Leopold, Louis Bromfield, David Thoreau. You know, there's no There's none of those sort of characters that yeah. we have, uh, or, you know, even if you go into Europe, there's none of those sorts of characters here. Mm-hmm. Like if someone writes a book in agriculture here, it's about a book about, a te- it's, it's all about technical. It's not about, yeah, yep, it's yep. not about the soul of what yes. we're doing. And, and so that carries on in the way that we actually get, get on with things. Mm-hmm. There's not much rest and therefore not much reflection. Mm. I mean, we've just had a three week trip to um, Darwin and back mm. in a uh, orally um, visceral 1971 vehicle. <laughs>
1: orally visceral it's one way of putting it I
0: mean, <laughs> it was great I loved it but that was the first time in a long time that I've actually switched off from, mm. from work but by the same token being who I am it didn't stop me from driving along and observing every landscape mm. and every plant that I could mm. gaze and mm. you know blah 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 it didn't stop me from doing that or, mm. or thinking about how I could do better mm. and a lot of us don't ever get that chance or create that chance to switch off or As you've been doing, um, get to the point of business maturity where you can support or your enterprise can support you to do the things that uh, you see as being really important for, uh, for the community.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it can go on for a bit longer. Yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> well, this is great. I mean, I feel... If you would... stop, we'll
0: find out. We'll know, probably know why <laughs> you just got bored.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this is really, really great to just sort of open up this. I feel like it's bigger than something we can resolve. Sure. Any, anyone can resolve, it's going to just work itself no, out of over, course. over the decades. Of course.
0: And it would be immature and... Mm. to suggest one person or even a mm. few people will be able to solve it all because totally, it totally does so too. much come down to self-determination. Mm-hmm.
1: There's three other topics yeah, sure. that I'd like to cover off with you. Two of them concern the, the focus of the first two inquiries that I've been um, engaged in, in making permaculture stronger. So maybe we'll go back to the onion. So we're talking about the point at which the onion goes into the pan, into the pan because you're likening the design process to... Peeling off layers of an onion as you mm-hmm. move from the you know the very general uh, orientation to the people and the site, and then slowly into peel off the layers to a concept design, peel off the layers and start getting to more detail. And your works pattern, which it, it can be construed as, or it can fit into a culturally a, quite a conventional approach to design process, which is a linear sequence. You know, yeah. step one, step two, step yeah. three. Yeah. And in particular, where the earlier phases are about observation. Then you move into a design phase where you're generating, culminating in some sort of plan on paper and conventionally in architecture and in our culture in general, that's sometimes called a master plan or a blueprint. Yeah. And only then do you cross this kind of chasm into implementation where they can be construed as separate things. And it's possible to hear what you're saying and and see the work's pattern in that way. But I know from working with you that you start dissolving some of those separations in your work. And I remember on a, on a project yeah. we worked on where you yeah, really emphasized when you were sketching the concept plan, don't be attached at all to exactly where the fences go because all this is going to be ground truth and the real, all the details are going to come out and not only in the marking out on the ground, but in the actual, you know, as, the, as the, the grade is scraping the driveway, as the contractors, they're putting the fences. And so I just wanted to yeah to hear you speaking about that that issue that I think continues to permeate a permaculture, that that design can be seen as a separate and prior stage to implementation. Mm. Tell me about that.
0: Well, design is a separate phase. So, you, well, I would say design is a separate phase to planning, mm-hmm. and then to implementation. Because mm-hmm. the plan is about what's going to happen, yes, yep. and how it's going to happen. The design's really informed it up to that process. So, the design we used to call it uh, that sort of wild design, where even even where there's a lot of speculation in the wildness of what you were putting out there. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of, like I say, peel the onion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, can be, it can start off as a very big onion. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but look, I think some of the things that changed uh, for me were just sort of happened this way was there's a business reality. And, you know, this having done similar stuff to us is that. There's a business reality that sometimes you get forced along to do things mm. by your clients that you may not otherwise mm. like to do. And I didn't know that early on. I thought, right, that linear process that you described is, that's how you get on, right? Mm. That's that's the way this uh, Greco-Roman blah, blah goes mm. on, right? Mm. And our clients want results, so we go and deliver it to them. You mm. know, We're in the business of customer service, right? Mm. So, so there was that, but then the reality was not it wasn't always been a really conservative planner mm-hmm. I've often been asked about this uh, you know what are the big mistakes that you made mm. and when it came to actually land plans we haven't had a lot of mistakes because we've been really conservative but what did tend to happen was that the mistakes that we were making were really about forcing nature too quickly mm. or forcing people too quickly and it wasn't it, it was really the realization that, and a sort of a self discussion about innovation. Mm-hmm. If you're socially, financially, and ecologically innovative all at once mm-hmm. and in short time, mm-hmm. then something's going to go. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's why holistic management is important because, you know, when you talk about that process that we've got to now, mm-hmm. I mean, in the first half of our project, mm. that was wasn't there, mm. Mm. but in the second half, it was, mm. and it's only strengthened things. Mm. So that you already, I'll use the word handbrake. That's the wrong word to use, but mm. you already have a, an additional feedback mechanism in there mm. that monitors what you've done before you've done it, and then uh, yeah. So that that's something that in terms of that chasm that you're talking about, which I think is a really good way of putting it, is that once you press that go button, you're on. Now the other thing that was a big change for us was what happened when we pressed the go button. Like once upon a time, our go button was plant shitloads of trees, key line ploughing, build dams, you know And people people think you're a bloody hero for it. I mean we still I mean I still get painted in some sort of fashion for that. And it's like actually um, and I've written about this so it's no secret but it's actually that's not the way to go mm-hmm. I just had a call yesterday with Adam McLean who's a uh, Canadian on Prince Edward Island he did a Rex with us in Can- Kansas Western Kansas which is very different to to Prince Edward Island mm-hmm. anyway he he did th- did that Rex with us the 10 day at Mike Calicrate's, um feed lot in Kansas <laughs> <laughs> and Went home and leased some land mm-hmm. and got some money together mm-hmm. and got 90 ewes and set up a sheep enterprise. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him yesterday, and he's done he's done absolutely everything that I said to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it was a really good call. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, I said to him, you know, the last message I give to people on the Rex is one, be hopeful, mm-hmm. but two, be incremental, mm-hmm. pragmatic and strategic strategic in- incremental and pragmatic mm-hmm. take him any any order that you like mm-hmm. and so what that meant for him was go home get your self in order mm-hmm. get your enterprise in order mm-hmm. master the sheep mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so what did he do he became a shepherd mm-hmm. right so he mastered shepherdry and moved the animals moved, uh, dragged around a bloody water cart because he had no money, right? He borrowed the money to buy the sheep, Mm. which to him, and this is the way we painted it, Mm. is that only invest in appreciating assets Mm. as much as you can when you're starting out, as opposed to, and this is what we do with all this other stuff, Mm. the hoopla. I mean, a forest is not a depreciating asset, Mm. but it takes a while to appreciate, right? To for that appreciation to be realizable mm-hmm. a dam well a dam can appreciate straight away because it can give you a water supply that mm-hmm. you might otherwise need but it may not be the best decision for you right now yeah, yep. right and so on mm-hmm. um, a fence mm-hmm. a fence is a depreciating asset but it will help to support appreciating assets. So he put all of his effort and energy into himself mm-hmm. and his own management experience through mm-hmm. being a shepherd, mm-hmm. on-hand shepherd, yep. through nailing his processes, his work processes, yep. and by not putting any, basically no money into, into fixed depreciating infrastructure. Mm. And as a result, or as Bill Mollison used to call it, degenerative infrastructure. And he didn't bother at all with trees or anything like that because that's way down the track. I mean, so why, why I sort of made that point to him and others was that that can message of apply, protract, thoughtful and protracted observation, not thoughtless action, whatever it is, prompt action. How does that rubber hit the road? Well, for us, it's, if you're a grazier, which a lot of our clients happen to be, mm. spend that year of you know do your site analysis over a year. Yep. Do it with grazing animals, mm-hmm. and if your circumstances, as with Adam, were that you've had no free capital to do it in any other way, well then do it on you know off a really low financial base. Mm-hmm. And so now his conversation is all right. Well, I've consolidated in that year. I've learned a great deal. I, mm-hmm. I know sheep, mm-hmm. right? So now he's ready for the next tier of innovation. Plus, of course, the chasm has not been a chasm at all, has mm, it? That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's actually, and he's not said, well, planning has stopped. Mm, mm. Even design has not stopped. Mm. So what he's doing is it's like this circular, mm. and this is where the holistic management, you know, assuming that you're wrong with the environment, mm-hmm. which I think is a great, to do Mm -hmm. that's not to say you suffer from inertia but Mm -hmm. you slow down and Mm -hmm. think a bit more about your actions and then you you do your work you monitor that work you get your feedback Mm -hmm. Mm replan redesign if you like if that's necessary if that's needed to to inform your replanning and then you go again and that's you know adam is a great example of that Mm -hmm. and i think that that if you can jump into the chasm with a parachute Or the rope. (laughs) And someone else at the top Mm. who's
1: able to pull you back up. Yeah, well, part of what you're saying is if you can shrink the chasm to the point where it's almost, you know, you just step over it. Because instead of the chasm being, we're going to go in and do A, B, C, spend all this money, take all these risks and kind of rush through all these decisions that were really premature. Because if we can just take a small first step or the right next step, sometimes it might be a big step, you know, take a step then the real game is on which is being alive and being in the environment being learning about the sheep or whatever and that'll inform the next step and from that point on the, the whole idea of a linear sequence just falls away Is maybe mm. in some cases maybe it's useful training wheels, because like you're saying the, the planning doesn't stop the designing doesn't stop the doing doesn't stop they're all contemporary now and they're all dancing forward together and that's the real yeah. game and if anything, I think the, the important meta-pattern is the one you alluded to with Fukuoka, is, is that thoughtful, protracted? do your homework, like get to know yourself, your own context, observe the landscape, the climate, your your local community, all that's, you know, it's hard to get out, out of seeing that as a great idea, but then just ease into this process. Well, it's like quite, a a, and I know small. you've got,
0: I've got this new project going on, which I won't mention, but you know, this, where you're, Going out and looking at other people's properties mm. with them. I mean, it's one of the it's it's a thing mm. that's always struck me, and I've talked with clients about when mm. we've done pre-purchase inspections. I said, mm. go out and see if you can camp on your land. Mm. I mean, it seems exactly. biz- it seems bizarre to me that the, the biggest investment in most people's most common people's lives will be a block of land, and then the second biggest will be a building mm-hmm. or buildings. Mm a depreciating degenerative asset Mm -hmm. uh, infrastructure and then a vehicle and then vehicles. Mm. So outside of the land, which can depreciate Mm. in value Mm. because of our management or lack thereof, outside of that cost, we go and put buildings in and we do all of that, but we don't actually test the waters before we do that. And Mm. it seems to me that we spend an inordinate amount of time in the investments which are the largest that we'll make mm-hmm. outside of land mm-hmm. in buildings and vehicles mm. with the least amount of due diligence mm. and that's just the like i've had so many clients say to me oh, i want to build my house up on the top of that hill yeah I'll go, i'll say we'll go up and pitch, pitch a tent up there for a month <laughs> <Yeah>. that's right <laughs> catch the breeze mate yeah you know? yeah yeah and but no and then later on they'll go oh Jesus, it's bloody windy up here yeah. you know and, and it'll be that sort of and I'll, I won't say anything because I'm not that rude but the, you know or they'll just won't invite me back because yep. you know the you look at it and they've gone oh geez we can never keep plants alive it's so dry up here mm-hmm. it's this and it's mm-hmm. that no oh, gee my pumping costs are incredible it's yeah. sort of like well blow me down with a feather mate you know mm-hmm. it's over and over and over again yeah, yeah, that's why? right.
1: It's such a strong pattern in our culture. Mm. I, was, I was chatting with Ben Falk the other day and we mm-hmm. were exploring some of this stuff and I, I had this realisation that often what's happening or can be a, a useful approach is to think of it like go and, go and hang out on top of the hill then maybe come back with your swag, spend a night maybe, then maybe put a little tent up for a week and now maybe your house bus and then your yurt and you know, whatever the case may be the idea of just taking small steps and reducing the size of those chasms and in some ways getting the ratio, ratio right between time spent planning life or designing life and actually getting and you know, living it
0: yeah and that's yeah yeah because there you know oh, there's that old saying paralysis by analysis and yeah, you yeah. know I don't know if there's an equivalent but you know our design is of design and planning is a form of analysis I suppose but mm-hmm. uh, yeah at what point do you do you start mm-hmm. and but I do think uh, you know Joel Salatin makes a good point about uh, one of his principles is about not taking on something else until you've mastered the first thing. It's interesting. We're in the US, I think it was last year or the year before. This uh, woman came up to us who was about the same age as us and she said something like, oh, you've got to talk to my husband because he will not stop innovating and I'm really tired. I've had 25 years of this and I don't know when he's going to stop and our place is a mess and our life's not going forward and da-da-da-da-da because he just won't stop innovating and it's if you're in that sort of pattern i mean i know myself as someone who's a um, an innovator um, on that spectra i suppose i have to work really hard to stop myself mm. from being like that guy mm. and lisa still tells me yeah, frequently you know don't take on something else don't take and i haven't i've mm. been pretty good but it's very interesting in this space or i'd say the in, Regenerative agriculture space, it is populated by innovators. Mm. And I think it's something similar to what we were talking about before with permaculture is that because it's new and exciting and Mm. there's all of that stuff that goes with it, of course, um, and it goes with um, Everett Rogers' um, diffusion of innovation, of course, people on the innovation spectra and early adopter spectra are going to be involved Mm. early. Mm. And so of course they're not really good at tabling their results and monitoring <laughs> because that that's not the way they're built. Mm-hmm. You really gotta wait until that more conservative early majority kind of character comes along mm-hmm. who's perhaps not as innovative but is just a bit more methodical about things, yeah, yep, and a bit yep. more process driven, mm, mm. Um, and we're starting to see those sorts of people emerge, which mm, is great. Mm. And I, it's interesting, I, I suppose, to go back to the discussion on permaculture that perhaps people who are of that early majority type, or the, even the late majority type, they came and they they either came and went mm-hmm. really quickly, mm-hmm. or they didn't come at all. Yeah, yeah, because it just. It seemed the whole permaculture thing just seemed too radical. For too them. fresh, and too it,
1: much untested stuff. Too much yeah. M- yeah,
0: so yeah, so there is a lot of that and yeah, uh, you know, I've appreciated Everett Rogers' insights and all mm-hmm. of that because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of truth to it. And that's yeah. why we included it in the Regrarians Handbook mm-hmm. a section on it. Because yep. I yep. think it's really important. Yep. In the psychology of this.
1: Hey, I wanted to ask you about the the first focus of making permaculture stronger was looking at this distinction between What I noticed that Mollison and others almost exclusively define design as, which is a process of choosing some parts or elements and assembling them to create a whole, and I was contrasting this with the different emphasis of of Christopher Alexander, who who talks about starting with a whole, you know, it's already a whole farm or a whole whatever, Mm -hmm. and then progressively partitioning it into its different areas, the Mm -hmm. homestead and the paddocks, the forestry and the pasture, etc., and I've come to realize that both are important ingredients of a healthy process. Sometimes you're you're integrating new things in and looking at their relationships, and you're often partitioning what's already there. But as you know, a huge uh, problem in permaculture is is this grab bag idea that, as we've talked earlier on, it's all the techniques, all the strategies, all the cool stuff, all the stuff in the magazines and the catalogs and at the farm oh, shows, yeah, the and you hear about plans. in your course and you read about it in, the, in the, the designer's manual. So this huge issue of people plucking these bits and pieces left, right, and center, and, and then trying to squish them together into what is I'm sure it's you know. a set of
0: permaculture cards
1: yeah and you end up with this gangly awkward assemblage of stuff that doesn't really fit or belong and, and so and on and in
0: large in, in in many cases may not not even be necessary but you oh, have totally. you have them because that's what permaculture is, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's 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 really unfortunate that it's gone that way. But again, it's I think I think it's a it's a devolution of the of the whole thing because mm. people are trying to find a marketing edge and they're trying to be innovative in that. So they're trying to pitch. So this this it's this constant pitch. If we look at you know, the work that Paul Wheaton's done, etc., you know, that with his permaculture cards, it's sort of like right. a lot of people will take that and go, Okay, well, here's a block of land. I'm going to try and Mm. find somewhere that all of those card, those Mm. concepts, the concept parts, because I know he's got people in there as well, but Uh that those concepts will actually fit in there. Yep. And it's a lot of noise to a project that doesn't need to be there Mm -hmm. and it can become incredible. It can be, um, Something you just don't want to be involved with. So it's and you know a lot of people are really striving. If you listen to and this is another thing I think as consultants, a lot of people and this is a big realization that I had to make myself was that who are you designing for? Is it is it you or is it them? Right? Are you truly trying to allow people to self determine? It's like a continuation of this uh, of, of colonialism in the way that we work with other people. The white knight comes in Mm. and uh, we'll tell you how it's going to be and and you'll get some blankets, which you've never seen before, and the blankets are great, aren't they? Mm. And you'll get an axe and, gee, that's great. It beats the shit out of a stone or wood. Mm. And, you know, you'll get these things and it all seems warm and fuzzy and glossy but then you realize that you've become much more efficient at chopping every tree down and destroying your soil you know gee, you got a plow now where well, you don't have to use a wooden stick to dig right well you can run a tractor you know you get all these things and before you know it your context is, is has unraveled and and so that for me was a big thing in peeling back away from all of the stuff that you can potentially do and the excitement around that and the excitement that you have about your vision mm. for the landscape mm back down to um, what actually just worked. We went up to um, Mount Hope recently, uh, the Terrick um in Northern Victoria. I don't know if you've been up there. It's a beautiful granite range near M- Midi mm-hmm. in Northern Victoria. And that was where uh, Major Mitchell in 1836, when he was the Surveyor General of New South Wales, went on a, a journey down um, through Southern Australia. Mm-hmm. And he stood on Mount Hope and said to something like, I feel like I am the harbinger of great changes for in my footsteps will follow those of hooves and men. Something like that. Yep, His honey. vision was, gee, look at this. This landscape's been set up for us. Mm-hmm. Let's come and move in. All mm-hmm. right. It's terra nullius, but gee, <laughs> how, could, how could God have created such a beautiful template mm-hmm. for Englishmen to just walk into? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm. and and unfortunately um i was complicit in that and i just went no this is Mm. not it that was the start of the end Mm. as far as permaculture branding for me Mm. because i just couldn't see how that would work because i everything that i was doing was really um not fitting in with that more familiar mold and then i'd have to explain myself why i was so different
1: yes yeah, what a what a. To me, it's 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 a, it's a tragic irony that so much of what is done under the name permaculture design involves imposition, involves imposing the vision the vision of the designer, impose, imposing all these bits and bobs out of the grab bag onto a site when it when at its core is this radical uh, visionary ap- approach to re finding re entering with a volition of humility and, and deep listening our relationship with nature you know it's it's a huge internal contradiction inside permaculture that that i really really struggle with and yeah i mean and and at the same time early on you 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 come up with these magnificent designs for clients and there's a huge amount of reinforcement oh my god you're brilliant you're this expert genius designer we love your design we're going to implement every detail but if you if you're honest with yourself despite the reinforcement and the paychecks or whatever you You've got to get disillusioned with that eventually, and maybe that's that's at the point where some of us. Well, effectively, what you just said is is. Part well, that's, for those, the that's for those. That's for those who
0: sell. I think that's for those who afford themselves. I think a lot of people in this space who have not changed
1: uh-huh.
0: are not those that haven't reflected, but I think they're so they're so committed. It's 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 something like a farmer. You know, a lot of farmers. I, I speak to them all. I, most of my friends are conventional farmers, my closest friends, uh-huh. and they say to me all the time, oh, we'd love to do all this and blah, 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 but it's, change is really tough. Mm-hmm. And to admit you're wrong, yep. it, and I don't think it's really an admission that you're wrong. I just mm-hmm. think it's an admission that you have to change mm-hmm. and that uh, you made some realizations, but people are shit scared of that. In this game, well, in- I think Just did with everybody. There's a time when you have that reflection, and then you continue. If that if that builds a case within yourself, and then you don't deliver, well, then you'll just stay the way you are, and you'll you'll stick to your guns. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who would probably be pretty resistant to that and won't do it. Oh, we'll
1: see what happens. Because yeah, I'm I'm kind of funny. To my surprise, that my, my, my momentum with the stuff is picking up, and I'm I'm, I'm keen yeah, to that, start rattling the cage a little bit. And well, again,
0: it's the diffusion of innovation yeah, stuff. Yeah. I often speak of innovators as being somewhat akin to the other end of the scale of uh-huh. recalcitrant. So you can have the recalcitrant innovator, and they're as rusted on mm. as they can be. I'm not a recalcitrant innovator, so I'm not so rusted on to everything that I do. Mm. If yeah. I see something comes along that's much better, well then. Yeah, sorry. Um, I think this is better, and let's yep. talk about why it's better. Yeah, yeah. Let's not be a child and petulant and yeah, yeah, all the rest. Mm, let's no. let's get on with it.
1: This has been great. Yeah, same. Yeah, probably well about enjoyed. time to call it a wrap.
0: Yeah, no, it's been uh, really great, and i I mean, it's. I think making permaculture stronger. I think it's a. That's a really great initiative. It was something that I have had a bit of a try at for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's do better. Let's do better. Let's raise the bar. Let's raise the standard. Let's get it all out there but i mean i just had to be true to myself and the other thing was for us was that we really couldn't call what we were doing permaculture anymore i mm. suppose um because uh, i think it is but it isn't and you know you've ultimately got to be true to yourself mm. at the end of the day so
1: mm-hmm. yeah awesome well thanks so much for existing for all the work you're doing in in all these overlapping spaces. Yeah, and yeah. You're, only, you're only 50, so we've oh, got decades more, Darren. Well, to and that, on the
0: that's, that's a, it's a time concept, too. Um, <laughs> as I ran down and back from somewhere this morning and did all my uh, 20 minutes of exercises this morning, I certainly didn't feel 50. And I can still kick the ball 50 metres. Uh, Happy with that. There we go. Look out. Biological age is much younger, Daniel. Look out, people.
1: (laughs) Darren Doty's not going anywhere anytime soon. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for your time. Thanks, mate. Wow. What a great chat that was. Fascinating to hear about Darren's personal journey with design process and his current take on it all. The key influences on the development of his works pattern and regrarian's platform. Key realizations he's had along the way. The aspects of permaculture that he appreciates and those that he doesn't. I personally loved honing in on this pattern where so many incredibly talented people initially embrace permaculture as these up-and-coming shining lights, but then eventually become bored or annoyed with it and leave. As we discussed, Darren is of course himself one example of this, though I'm grateful that he remains on friendly terms with permaculture. That pattern sounds to me like a great topic for a future making permaculture stronger inquiry. And if you personally have any observations or reflections or opinions on this pattern, please do drop a comment below the show notes or flick me an email through the website www.makingpermaculturestronger.net To learn more about Darren's work, including his new 10-week Rex online farm planning program and his in-progress book called The Regrarians Handbook, you can visit www.regrarians.org. Oh yes, and I said at the start, I'd come back to the topic of Darren's enviably deep and resonant voice. I mean, listen to this, would you?
0: Make, make, making permaculture stronger. Making permaculture stronger is sex, sex, sexier.
1: Reminds me of a time when I suggested to a client that they consider changing their farm driveway so as to work in with the contour and harvest water and all that kind of thing. Now the client was highly sceptical when I said it, but then Darren came along and said pretty much the same thing, and bang, the client agreed in a second. So food for thought, eh? Budding designers out there, don't neglect the power of a, of a good voice. I've, I actually put together a little voiceover, a little video that I'll, I'll link to in the in the show notes on that front. Well, that's about it thanks so much for listening i hope at least some of this is of service to you in your own work inside and possibly outside permaculture and i invite you to join me again in the next episode where i'll be talking with design process pioneer dave jackie adios and hope to catch you then